0: I, I didn't realize that it was possible, but this year I just basically said, like, I have to have this possible. So I, I have showing agents that will show homes for me on the weekend.
1: So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Coming back for another interview, today's interview, I'm really excited about this one. This is with Trish Williams with Keller Williams out in Las Vegas. The Trish was telling me that she's been listening to the podcast since before she even became an agent. And you guys know that's some of my favorite people to get to talk to on here. And uh, I think you guys are going to learn so much about how she's grown her business. Trish, how's it going?
0: Hi, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me on again. I love the show and I'm so happy every time I get to come back.
1: I'm I'm so excited to get to meet you and get to hear about what you've done out there. So you've been, so you're out in in, in Nevada.
0: Yep. Las Vegas. Yeah.
1: When did you uh when did you first get licensed?
0: 2014. I got licensed.
1: All right. What was the market like back then? Um
0: uh, well I I I didn't really, you know, of, of course, being a new agent, didn't really understand all the potential that was there in the market at that time. You know, it was just like, oh, prices seem great, you know, whatever. But oh my gosh, you know, we were just coming out of that like short sell period and coming out of the crash. So everything was, um, I mean, prices were amazing. We still had some short sales lingering around. My first listing was a short sale, which I didn't think anything of because I just, you know, was brand new. Just thought, oh, this is how it works. But now I'm like, wow, that was amazing. I know how to do that. So it was, you know, everything was just uh, coming up. You know, things were, sales were good. Um, I I hit the ground running my first year. I was rookie of the year. So that uh, that was great. And Looking back, I didn't know what I didn't know. I wish I would have bought a lot more real estate in my first couple of years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's a lot of agents, right? Even my story, I was, I was, I was buying and selling houses in like 2009, 2010, 2011, and the biggest thing if I could go back is that I would have just bought more and kept more real estate for the long term because we have this. I think everybody knows that 30 years from now, houses will be worth more. 20 years from now, houses will be worth more yeah. um, just with inflation and things like that. But you never really realize how quickly that can add up and how many agents I think don't buy. I remember meeting with a guy and, and as an investor and I had done hundreds of flips and he was like, why don't you actually own the home you live in? Right. And I was like, well, <laughs> because I like I want to be able to sell it. if I want, I want to get it for a deal. And so I would, I would buy and sell this stuff and I would rent my own home. And yeah, as I look back, I think more agents need to buy more properties themselves too. So how did, so your first transaction was a short sale. Yeah. That's complicated. Short sales are complicated. And for that to be your first one, did you end up closing it?
0: Yeah, I ended up closing it. I had no idea though. Like I had no idea it was complicated. I had no idea that I was getting into, you know what I mean? I, I was brand new in real estate. So that was all. I, I didn't know it was easier than that. I just thought this is how it works. So looking back, I was, it, it's good. It's good. First training. It kind of uh, got me thrown in the, in, in the hot water real quick. So everything else seemed easy after that one.
1: How did you get that listing?
0: It was a referral. Um, it was someone that I had known already and he, you know, was in, in trouble, needed to short sell their home. So.
1: All right. So you're like, so you were telling people you were an agent now. Yeah. He said, hey, can you short sell my house? And you're like, I'm in. And and because you didn't know any better, like it was really easy to say, yeah, I'll take that as my first deal. Let's get this thing going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was excited to take it. So um, it did take a long time to close, months, but it, you know, it eventually did close. We... We're with a buyer, fell out, you know, went through the whole thing with the short sales. I think we had three different buyers before we actually were able to close on one. Um, it was a, it was a long transaction, but that was the first listing that I had. Um, second one that I had was a, um, was an open house. You know, I was asking other agents at other companies anywhere to do open houses. I was just finding like areas that I thought were good to do. Mm -hmm. And one agent was, uh, his listing was expiring. The, the sellers didn't want to list with them again and he knew it. And he just gave me the listing as a re, you know, with a referral fee. Um, because I, you know, I'd asked to do an open house on it. I did an open house for two weekends in a row and it was coming up his expiration date and he, you know, referred that listing over to me. So yeah, first couple of deals I did were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty easy, but they were good.
1: <laughs> That's really awesome. You know, there's, we talk about open houses a lot, And now as I think open houses are happening again and more normal, we had a little while where we didn't have them as much where there's, it's always, it's kind of like a go-to that people say to be able to drum up business. And then what I find a lot with open houses is sellers love it if someone holds their house open, because to them, there's like this belief that the house will sell that way. So I think sellers a lot of the time are like, hold it open, hold it open, hold it open. Even though a lot of the, and, and sometimes it leads to a sale, sometimes it leads to a transaction. I've had it happen where someone walks into an open house and uses the open house agent and buys it and they do both sides. But we know most of the time it doesn't. And right. so I wonder if the, at that time, right, I'm, I'm sure that they were, that listing's about to expire. They're kind of unhappy with him thinking maybe he isn't doing enough to sell their house, right? right. And then he's mm-hmm. like, well, well, she's willing to do open houses. Maybe they were saying you need to do more open houses, something like that. Did yeah. you, did you ever get a chance to ask them why they wanted to change, like why they were unhappy with the first guy and why they were okay with listing with you?
0: You know, if I, if it was today, I would have gone through this whole Thing with them and asked them the questions, got to the motivation. I've learned so much now. Yeah. I was, I I was new. I was happy. I was like, wow, this is great. They're going to list with me. And they just told me that he highly recommended me and that, you know, I lived close to the area. I could check on their house a lot. They were out of state and um, they, they just, um, you know, they just, they, they just basically said yes. And, and let me list the home. So I didn't really go into a lot of conversations of things I would do now, but if it were me today, I would definitely have those conversations. What is he doing? What are you expecting? What is it that you didn't feel like you got out of this? I mean, that's definitely things I've learned over the years.
1: That is incredible. So you were working of the year though. So those are your first two yeah. transactions. How did you get deals the rest of that first year?
0: So I learned, and and I learned this I wish I would have known, um, again, I wish I knew now what I knew uh, or knew then what I knew now, but I learned that connecting with more people and building my database that was one thing that I was really just blessed to pick up on in a in a very short period of time was going to be the way that I was going to connect with people and, and build business so I just started going out talking to people I mean I was talking to people in grocery stores I was talking to people everywhere I went anywhere I went my mailman everybody and I was trying to find out how can I make connections with these people so I need their name I need their phone number I need Their email address. I started having, um, putting on like any conventions, even like art shows, anything that I could get a booth at. I would set up a real estate booth. I would do a raffle. I would do, um, you know, raffle off something that where people would sign up and on their sign up sheet, they would put name, phone number, email address, home address. I was getting contact info. And with that, I could build relationships with people. And From that, I realized that social media, you know, Facebook, and and that is something that now a lot of people are on board with. Um, When I started out, you know, 2014, there wasn't a lot of people doing things that way. But I realized that I could connect with a lot of people with social media, just like, you know, getting people to know, like, and trust you, but without being a real estate salesperson, that was my whole goal. So just getting, you know, gathering, just gathering more people. I feel like, you know, making friends, that was really what helped me grow my business and build my business. Because once people felt like they liked me, they felt like they trusted me, they knew I was a realtor without a doubt. And I stayed in contact with them. Then the business just started flowing from there
1: real estate rockstars this is aaron amuchastegui for a quick commercial break so during 2020 and 2021 the real estate market completely changed there's so much competition in the market so many people trying to buy and sell houses but there's hardly any supply hardly any product hardly anyone willing to list their homes it's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house we've got a new website go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes you'll set up your own url set up phone numbers help go through the leads help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro- their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, Hey, I want to sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, Hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers. Tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day, and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you, asking you to make an offer on their home. So what's the conversation like when you, so you meet someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right, like anywhere, you're out. You're out somewhere. You meet them. You're like, "Hey, I want to turn this into a connection." How does that conversation go from a, you know, from what do you think of this piece of art to, "Oh, I'm an agent. If you give me your number, I'll start sending you some stuff." Like, like, what's the? Is there a method? Is there something that would always happen? Is, is there something you would do to go in for the close? Or what advice would you give on how to do that?
0: You you've got to work on your call to action. So, like, one of the things that I always get is when someone finds out you're a real realtor, like first question, they're always going to ask you is how's the market, right? That's, mm-hmm. we hear it all the time. Second, you say you're a realtor, how's the market? And yeah, you say, oh, the market's great. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter, but you have to ask more questions. It's that digging deeper. It's not how's the market oh, What market are you in? Are you, you know, are you looking to flip? Tell me more about that. Are you, are you in the, you know, looking to invest in property? Are you looking for a rental property? Do you own a home? Are you, would you be a seller in this market? Because you're going to be in a different market regardless of, um, you know, depending on which market you're in? Are you you a buyer? Would you be a first-time buyer? Would you be selling and buying? So you have to ask more questions to find out what type of market they're talking about because we don't really just have one market. There's, it depends on where you're at in it. And then go from there and ask questions. And then it's a, it's a, it's a call to action. It's like, you know, if, if they're considering selling, you know, or they own a home and they just want to know what their, you know, what their value is or whatever, you know, you go into the, the, the conversation of, you know, you, what you see on online estimates is probably not accurate, but I can get you some more accurate information. I can even keep you in contact with what's going on in your neighborhood. And give me your address. I'll just send you over some information and some details. And I do um, a courtesy. It's uh, it's called a Title Watch Um uh, it's eProperty Watch has it out there. I don't know if other um, associations have it for free, but in our association, it's a free service that we have. So I tell people that I'll I'll put you on this eProperty Watch, where it also keeps track of your title, just in case there's any information or anything that's ever recorded against your title um, that um, that you you know didn't do you know or or anything like that. Well, for I'll, I'll do it as a courtesy of adding you to that service as well. So people. Yeah. Have no problem giving me their address.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really cool thing to add in there, and um, and 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 you're totally right. People say you're in real estate. They say, "How's the market?" And the answer most of the time is people go, "The market is so crazy right now. The market's so wild, and prices are going up like crazy." But you're totally right that when someone says, "How's the market?", you're supposed to ask them for who right it's yeah. great for sellers right now it's not good for buyers right or the or it's great for this but it's a lot tougher to find an investment property right now so getting to dial that in i think then you also you know show yourself as a as an authority in the market right because right. then you're getting to say hey there's it depends on what market you're in let me go through this and then by by you getting to ask them that question back you're also finding out are they a buyer are they a seller and i love the call to action that says hey uh, give me your address and I can add you to this thing for free. It'll just keep you updated on the house you already own. And so now you've got them. Now you can actually watch their property. You know how to reach out next. Um, back in 2014, 2015, there wasn't a whole lot of CRMs. I don't think that were real estate based CRMs that would like help you follow up with people. Was there, was there something you used back then to be able to, to follow up with, with prospects or did you have a, your own formula you did?
0: So back when I started, um, it was just basically I I would keep in contact myself, you know, with people on, you know, updates on what's going on in their market. Now we have... I have, um, it's called a monthly neighborhood report in command. I'm a Keller Williams agent. So you type in the address and it's it's almost like Zillow does, but I feel like there's a little more accuracy to it, but it it, it will send them the reports every month of what activities happened in their neighborhood. It's automatic. And it also shows us if they're clicking in, if they're viewing properties, things like that. So we know, you know, what's, what's going on with them. For those people that just kind of went silent and we, you know, we just see if they're obviously if they're clicking on properties or they're clicking on listings in their neighborhood they're probably considering selling or something you know some kind of there's something going on with them if they're going to actually you know click on what's happening around them
1: Yeah. one of
0: the other things that I do which is if I have somebody that may be a one to three month seller um, this is somebody that is considering selling in the short term I will take them and you know how on um, the MLS, we can set auto alerts, like those auto emails that let you know, like when a listing sold in your neighborhood, in your subdivision, things like that, you know, that, that usually people will send out to the clients. Mm-hmm. I don't send that to them. I put myself on an auto email for their subdivision only top of the auto email. I put their square footage, the name of the person, everything. This comes to me. I copy and paste it to a text message to them. Every time there's activity in their neighborhood. Hey, just letting you know, this house just sold in your neighborhood. This house just went in contract. This house just listed in your neighborhood. Um, It, it literally takes minutes for me to do that. And I only do that on people that are looking to buy or, se- or, or not to buy, to sell in the short term. Um, what that does, and, I, and I've literally had a seller tell me this before he called and he said, okay, I'm ready to list. You know, we, we hit the number where we want to be. Um, that last sell looks great. I'm ready to list. He's like, you know, your follow-up is amazing. He said, but I knew that if I listed my house with anybody else, you'd be texting it over to me. So yeah. I had to list with you. <laughs> But, but yeah, it's
1: it, funny. Like, yeah, he's like, no, I know that I, I couldn't have the, it, you've worked so hard for me. If I listed with anybody else, you would know first yeah. you're showing you're an authority in that market.
0: Yeah. You're just, it, it's just making them for one. Yes. They're they like, oh my gosh, this person's like knows everything going on in my neighborhood. And it just, it it just helps that, that um, I, I just feel like it helps build that communication with the, with the client it helps build that relationship, that trust. They know that you're on it and they want to list with you.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that is a huge tip because all of us out there, as agents, have seen it. As investors, have seen it. You get on someone's mailing list, and you know every time there's a multifamily in a certain city, I'm on this. I'm on this real estate agents yeah. drip campaign, right. and the, the, there's pros and cons with that. The cool thing is you can see it. The the con is sometimes it's not always great. It's not always actually practical stuff, but you also feel like you're one of many. Right. Like you're just getting this and it's almost, it's not spam, but sometimes unless you're really curious, you're like, oh, this is another one of those emails. But I love that you can actually like, you can name that auto, auto export, like by the person, you can name it with the other stuff, just like you said. So you're saying, Hey, this is their person. This is their address. This is what they're looking for. And then here's the automatics. You can text it to them, which is a much quicker thing, much simpler for them to see it, to click on it, to see the action. And then now, like that personal service, like they're going, oh, she's Trish is working for me, like she's keeping me uh, me updated on that. What a, I have not heard that as a technique. I know a lot of people do the auto stuff. I haven't heard the technique where being able to send it to yourself and text it out to people. Only a couple extra steps in that, but but makes you know the customers makes your clients feel like man, you're you're working hard for them out there. That is a lot of fun. So. you you started reaching out to people, you had your own format. Now you've got like a great system that you're, that you still use out there. How many deals did you do last year?
0: So last year, 2020, I closed at 38. Um, this year, um, I'm actually closing at 68. So I, uh, I have increased my production this year tremendously.
1: Yeah. And what a time, what a time to increase your production. I know. I mean, the market was a lot of stuff was selling and price were selling really high you know, in 2020. I think, but in Vegas, how was it the first four or five months, you know, after starting April of 2020? I remember seeing statistics and I was thinking like Vegas as a whole, like service industry, workers mm-hmm. galore, everybody's unemployed now. I was expecting to see foreclosures galore in Vegas yes. because of no of so many workers not working anymore. Vegas right. is obviously reopened now. I told you I've been there four or five times since July yeah. even, and um, and it just gets busier and busier. What was it like for those four or five months? Was there like to still do 38 transactions out there? It sounds amazing last year.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, so when we closed down in March of 2020, I mean, it's a strip like all the lights went out. It was, it was a ghost town. It was so weird. I've lived in Vegas my whole life. That was so crazy. I was like, wow, we're done. Real estate's done. Like we're just.
1: Right. Do they even have ways to lock those doors? Like it's all like they're open 24 hours. They're like, wait a second. We need to actually close these doors and turn the lights off. What?
0: Yeah. It was so crazy. I mean, people were like bicycling down the strip because there were no cars, you know, it's just it never seen this town like that before. And I, I really, I was like, okay, well, here, we're crashing. Just, you know, going to have some time off. I would say there was a few weeks um, of, of, yeah, a little bit of chaos. Some of the listings I had were just like, well, we're going to sell it. We're going to take whatever offers come in. We just don't want to be stuck with this home. You know, it was, there was a little bit of like chaos and a little bit of slowdown that happened through there. Come mid-April, everything started picking up. And then I was getting calls from, there were a lot of agents that didn't want to didn't want to work. Yeah. I, I mean, they were scared. People were very fearful. They didn't want to go out. Um, so I was getting calls just, I, during that time, I probably got more internet calls just off, you know, just random internet leads that called because they couldn't find agents that would show homes that would go look at homes, go shop for homes. And I was like, yeah, you know, mask up and, and go out there. And there were some people that wanted just were they were relocating from another state. They want people to do virtual. So I did, s- tons of virtual and FaceTime showings. And, you know, I feel like that was a, that was a big thing last year. I was real, I was willing to work when a lot of people weren't. I was speaking to a seller, some sellers that would say like, yeah, you know, I spoke with some agents. They wanted to list my home, but they wanted to do the consult on Zoom. They never came to see the home. I don't feel like this is really, you know, a a good thing to have them sell the home if they don't look at it, which, you know, I, I mean, it's a strategy. It's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, some people didn't feel comfortable with it. So I, I really I, I picked up on all that, you know, I, I, I worked the entire time, <laughs> all, all through the, the pandemic, you know, and, and everything was shut down. I, I, I don't think I skipped a beat.
1: Wow, the uh, did any other agents send them over to you too? Like, hey, this person wants me to list, but I don't want to. Do you want? Did you get any agent referrals, or was it mostly just direct to consumer? You just you just answered your phone, and you were the one that was willing to provide a service, and no one else was.
0: Right, I did not get any agent referrals. I sh- I should have probably capitalized on that too and reached out to agents and let them know I was willing to do this. But no, I did not. I it was mostly just people reaching out to me. I stayed pretty busy just um you know just through that you know last year was a, a pretty busy year, and I was just in a, like a, a bit of a transition. You know, I had a I had had a team. Um, be prior to that, you know, of like buyer's agents, and then uh, was making changes there. I was no longer, I no longer had any buyer's agents. It was just me and my admin at that time. So I was, you know, I was working through transitions on my own and just um, yeah, stayed busy.
1: Hey, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Buchestegi, and I'm interrupting myself. To bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors and i know i know you guys would much rather listen to the content and not the ads and not the sponsors but this is one that i'm actually super super excited with you know so many of the realtors that we interview on the show they talk about how much systems are important and how much follow-up is important and i'm really really excited about our new sponsor there's somebody i've been looking at for a long time and when they reached out to me i said yes we have to be able to to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. You know, on an interview last week with Agent Mark McGuire, I asked him what his favorite software and what his favorite system was. And he said it was Follow Up Boss. And then he went on for another three or four minutes to talk about why Follow Up Boss was the best CRM he uses. So there's a lot of superstars out out there that use Follow Up Boss. Some of the stats they gave me, Robert Slack, 1.5 billion team in Florida, number one in the US, he uses Follow Up Boss to get a 400% ROI on its massive paid lead spend. Deborah Beagle, co-owner of the Ashton Group in Nashville, uses Follow Up Boss to guarantee the agents who join her team get two homes under contract in the first 90 days. That's a big guarantee for new agents. Barry Jenkins of the, your friends in real estate uses Follow Up Boss to automate everything so his team can produce 200 million on 25 hour work weeks. All right, so here's an offer. You guys are gonna get this special for being Real Estate stars listeners. Now I've, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers it's that automatic texting and emailing, and what do you know? Best name ever, Follow Up. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com forward slash rockstars. So again, followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out. Especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. All right, everybody. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah, so, so you had 38 deals by just being, really being willing to stay malleable and being able to like see an opportunity and go for it and say, it is so cool. you are like, no, I just had to answer my phone and they'd say no one else answered their phone. I just had awesome. to say yes and do what the client was asking. Like if the client's asking me to go to his home and see it, they're like, I'll say yes instead of trying to tell the client how you were going to do it instead. And like you said, it's a strategy and this but your strategy worked But the year before. So like 2019, so you did 38, 2020. What'd you do in 2019 when you had a team?
0: Uh, third uh, well, so. Actually, this is, this is horrible to say, but it's true. Um, 2019, I did 40, I think I was at 42. So um, I did not do that much better with a team of buyer's agents that I did, uh, you know, in, in 2019, um, which was a big realization for me, which is kind of where I went this year in 2021 of like, how am I going to work this system without having to build a team? I, um, I had a lot of struggles with that, like
1: team system. Yeah, what's the average sales price out there?
0: Uh, right now, it is three ninety five. That's the median the median home price range.
1: And you did, and how many are you going to do this year? Uh,
0: this year, I'm at sixty eight transactions.
1: Sixty eight. Went from thirty eight to sixty eight. Yes. And you talked about from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, going from like forty three to thirty eight or something, uh, yeah. going from the team to the other. And we're going to talk about how you did that shift. But wh- how did your GCI? When you went from 43 to 38, did your GCI go up or did your, I mean, did your, it went up, right? Yeah. So it's like you didn't, you did less transactions by yourself with the team only slightly. So you made way more money.
0: Yeah. Because I wasn't paying a 50, 50 for, you know, buyer's agents that that's, um, you know, I was on a 50, 50 split with my buyer's agent and, um, you know, that was about 50% of my deals and I, yeah, so I actually made more money in 2020, without having a buyer's agent.
1: So you don't have a team now?
0: Um, I, well, I do. I have a team of, of staff.
1: Right, right. Yeah. So you don't, yeah. So it's not profit share anymore. The commission shares anymore. Now you have staff, now you have helpers and that's how you've been able to, to scale up. And then today, like your last, are you doing more listings or more buyer agent stuff?
0: Um so I am still I my listing volume has increased tremendously from what it used to be. I was very very buyer heavy in the past. Um actually funny funny thing is one of the first times I was on Pat's show I was talking about you know how much I loved working with buyers and that was going to be my number one source and all these things and I remember Pat telling me it's just not going to be possible over time and that like you know kind of hurt my feelings at that time I was like what do you mean like how is that not gonna you know I love working with buyers but it's true you know to do a lot of volume and working all buyers is is a very rough way to go so I had to, I had to work on that. And over time I have, um, and I've worked on getting my listing volume higher than, than, than what it has been. But still this year I am 40% listings and 60% buyers. I still need to switch that around the other way working on that, but I'm, I'm getting better than what I was.
1: Yeah. So tell me about how you, how do you have your staff set up? Like, how do you, so how do you do it all? And what part do you outsource to staff? And what part do you still do? And, and what have you learned through that? Like, what advice would you give in that whole process?
0: Right. So one of the things is I do use showing agents. Um, I, I don't, I don't, and this is, this is I, I, probably the biggest nugget that I could give people to is that I don't work weekends. I've worked probably eight weekends in this entire year. Um, I've been able to do the production that I'm doing. Um, I think it's a misconception that people have that to do a lot of production, which I had that misconception too, because I said, I'm either going to sacrifice money, I'm going to sacrifice doing a lesser amount of volume to be able to have my time with my family because that's what matters most to me. I... I didn't realize that it was possible. But this year, I just basically said, like, I have to have this possible. So I I have showing agents that will show homes for me on the weekend. I have two, two of them that are just people that I'm very close with. They're not on the team. I trust them. I know them, um, known them for a long time. And we have a, a an agreement, basically, where they know that when they're working with clients, they're going to show houses on the weekends only. We have a smaller split that is involved in that. And, um, and, and they're basic, they they are on call. Like if there's like a weekday where I can't make it or I can't be available for the client, then they'll be able to step in. But they're basically their commitment is the weekends. Um, that's been working very well with me. Um, my admin, um, my, I, I have a full-time admin that works in the office. She handles all of, uh, you know, Transaction, transaction coordinating. Uh, we do uh, follow-ups with the sellers every Thursday. So she'll do um, the Thursday follow-ups, letting the sellers know, you know, the amount of um, uh, the amount of showings, the feedback re- that we've received, all of, all of that information. Um, I have a second staff member that handles marketing. Um, I have a podcast. Um, I have a podcast called. Uh, um, Realty check, Realty check with Trish Williams. It is a local Las Vegas real estate news podcast. I invite other realtors on the show, and we talk about what's happening in in news. um, You know what's happening, like in the headlines in real estate, and we bring it down to like what's how that real like applies to our market boots on the ground what's really going on because a lot of times what's reported is not accurate so my other staff member um he will uh do the marketing for the podcast the promoting on it he promotes social media he does client events, um, phone calls. So we do client appreciation events every quarter and he'll spend a lot of time. Our database right now is 2,600 people. So he spends basically every quarter inviting people to the next event, you know, just calling and saying, we have an event coming up. We hope that you can make it. And, you know, just telling people that, uh, you know, we appreciate them. It's not a sales call whatsoever. It's just, uh, keeping in contact with people and people really appreciate that. And a lot of, times they will say, Hey, can you have Trish call me? So that's, uh, that's always good.
1: Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Mucciastegi with a quick commercial break. Now you've been listening, you've been waiting. And now the big rent ready mystery can be revealed. Rent ready just launched rental property accounting for landlords it's so new i haven't even got a chance to check it out yet now you can easily connect your rental properties from rent ready to an accounting software created specifically for landlords with rent ready's newest partner rei hub now i've used a lot of payment processing systems in the past and it's always been a challenge even asking them to generate apis so it can talk to our existing systems and there really be any type software that collects payments doesn't make it very easy to do that. But now with Rent Ready, you can automatically transfer properties and charges from your Rent Ready profile. You can track your income and expenses with matching rules and payment templates to speed up your bookkeeping. View your profit and loss or cash flow by property or unit. Get your portfolios, balance sheet, schedule ease, and more. Guys, we're so excited about this. And here's something even more exciting. As always, with Rockstars, you get a special, special opportunity. If you're not currently using Rent Ready, You can sign up using our special code Rockstar50 and get 50% off your RentReady subscription. Once you set up your properties, you can add rental property accounting as a premium feature. If you're currently using RentReady, go check out the new accounting features designed to save you time and money while you manage your business. And remember, it's RentReady with an I at the end, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com. Thanks for listening. Go check them out. I think the, I mean, I love the podcast news shows, right? Like the, I, I love it when we get to do our state of the market and we get to talk about what's going on. People love hearing that and getting to see those actionable tips. And I think what it sounds like yours is—is is it mostly agents that are going to come listen to you, or is it mostly going to be like buyers and sellers that are trying to figure out what to do with their uh, with their houses?
0: I I would say it's about fifty fifty. I uh, I I was surprised that when I am initially started the podcast, it was for consumers i'm mm-hmm. um, just thinking that you know they they see what's reported on the news my my biggest problem is like the the news will report real estate information that I feel is always 30 days old because they report it after the stats came in from last month or something like that there it's just not up to date you know it's like yeah that's what happened last month but now you're talking about it and that's not we're not even in that market anymore um so it's taking whatever's like trending in there and just saying like no this is what's really going on out here and this is why they're saying that and yeah sales were you know up last month and the re- you know they're they're you know down this month or what, whatever is going on right now. It always changes. Um, so on there we report current inventory, current price reductions, current you know closed units, everything that's happening there, and then we talk about what's happening right now in the market. I, again, it was originally for consumers. Um, mm-hmm. However, I. I just, I run into realtors all the time that tell me they listen to it. So that's awesome too.
1: (laughs) It's got to help the, uh, you know, so much of real estate's relationships, so much of its relationships with other agents and things like that. And again, getting to be uh, the expert on the news. That's awesome. I mean, you have so many credentials when we were looking at your stuff. So top 100 real estate professionals, top 100 most influential realtors in Nevada, professional who's who top 100 ladies of influence, um, 40 under 40 realtors, 2015 rookie of the year, like so many things that are out there that are showing like that you're succeeding. Right. And it's, and it's cool to get to see at the beginning, like how you did that. Right. So you, and you, and you've done it by, you know, some of the stuff at the beginning of being willing to say yes to whatever, and then learning that process and really kind of working, working hard to develop those relationships with some with some little tricks, like that's, it's really, really cool to kind of see that and hear that. And then I think a podcast is a great idea for people to be able to do, to kind of grow their own brand. And, and it is, um, it's kind of funny that, yes, it would make sense to be mostly for the, for the consumers. So they would hear you and want to ask questions, but then other agents listening, but it'll, it'll help you when they see, I'm sure that when they see that you submitted an offer or that you have a listing, it's the fact that they've heard your voice, they feel like they know you, it's going to change that. We get to see that all the time when, when listeners get to reach out to me because they've been listening, they get to feel like they know me. I want to get to know them, you know, for all you guys that message me on Instagram, we have so many fun conversations afterward for this. Now you said you started listening to the podcast uh, with Pat like yeah. nine, nine years ago, right? Like really yeah. early on just share that, that, ex- just that experience a little bit. I'll, I'll love to send Pat a little, a little blurb of it. The So you, so go ahead.
0: So I, I mean, I believe Pat is one of the people that inspired me to actually get into real real estate. So I was listening to his podcast. Only people that like have listened to it since the beginning will remember the like, that is a pearl bleep that he used to put up um, that was in it. So it was, um, it was when he, I think it was when he first started it and I was, I had always wanted to be in real estate, like literally since high school. I had a high school teacher that was in real estate and I was just like, I want to do that. But then I got scared when I, you know, heard it was commissioned. So it took like many years of my life before I ended up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have started it sooner, but what do you got to do? I was listening to, I, I was trying to find podcasts about real estate because I was really thinking of getting into, you know, the, the industry and trying to just find out whatever I could about it. And I ran across Pat's podcast and I was listening to all the people that he was interviewing on what they're doing to succeed. And I was just like, I could do this that's easy. Like I could do that. So I feel like I came into real estate with so much more tools, knowledge, things that I could apply because i you know, I, and I've done that throughout my career. Like this podcast has been so influential on me. Like I've taken bits and pieces out of many of your guests, like of what they, you know, what they're talking about, what's working for them. And, you know, I'll listen to it and say, "I, I could do that. I can apply that. And it is it just helped me tremendously of making you know my business successful
1: and we appreciate that so much I love getting to see your applications I read all the applications as they come in for people to come on the show and we ask what's your favorite tip you've heard on the podcast and you had this giant list you were listening like <laughs> this podcast and this podcast and this podcast and that gets me so excited uh, to be able to have you come on here because now I know that people are going to be applying. And they're going to say, no, the Trish Williams podcast. She told me that I should start texting over, you know, the automated listings to people instead. She told me to be able to, you know, do these follow-ups and say, yes, no matter what. That's, that's really, really cool. And I bet you're going to get some listeners that come uh, reach out to you. Now, any last things that you think every agent should know, or just, I know there was a couple of things you said that were tips, like something that you wish someone would have told you in year one, or that you really want, you know, just want to say that message to everybody now.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a couple things. So um, one of them is database. Database is so huge. When I, you know, when I started, I, I didn't, you know, I, I learned early on that, that building that creating more people getting more people in your database is going to be important. But I didn't realize how important like the long game was of it. But right now, you know, I have in my database is 2,600 people. I definitely I want to get it over 5,000. But even having 2,600 people, I have people to call every day. Every day I have someone to call. I don't have to go find phone numbers. I don't have to go, you know... uh, calling, there's nothing wrong with calling expireds and FISBOs. That's not, you know, it, it works for people. It's a model, right? But I don't have to do that. I have people to call. I have people to contact and they're people that I am constantly communicating with. And that is tremendous. It is so much easier to build a business off of having a database. And it doesn't matter how you're getting those. I got some of those just from raffles. I mean, raffling off, I raffled off a Roomba one time at a, at a convention booth at an, uh, what was it like a, I don't even remember, like a craft fair or something. I don't know what it was. I just bought a booth. I raffled off a Roomba. had nothing to do with real estate. I had my real estate information out there, but they met me, they seen me, and I stayed in contact with them. And that's all that matters. You find local people that live in your community and you get them in your database and you stay in contact with them and communicate with them and they will get to know and like you. It's not always the first phone call, but over time, if you keep reaching out, they will get to know and like you, and it will be so much easier to find business and do business when you do it that way.
1: What a cool summary on that. Because the, yes, building that database up, because we talk about so many techniques on how do you find more buyers? How do you find more sellers? And you can send letters and you can send postcards and you can do marketing and you can do the ads and all of those methods work. And the, and your method works too. You're saying, Hey, the, now your database has gotten big enough that instead of adding more people to the database, you just need to keep hitting your database because when you've got a large enough one, you can always show up. You can always make another phone call. That's awesome. You know, the, uh, this has been a really fun interview, Trish. The, I know that people are going to want to reach out to you. They're going to want to, they're going to want to ask you how you set up your deals with your showing agents. If they're trying, if they want to start to grow, like somebody's going to hear, there's a couple of people I'm going to send this to. I'm going to say, Hey, you could stop working weekends. So I know if you'd be one particular, I'm going to be sending this out to you and say, Hey, you got to go listen to this podcast. See how Trish stopped working weekends. People are going to reach out to you wanting advice. They're going to find you on their, on your podcast. What's the best way that people can find you?
0: So, uh, best way to find me is I I mean, by on social media, Trish Williams. Uh, my podcast is called Realty Check with Trish Williams uh, at Realty Check 702. We're on YouTube, Audible, uh, iTunes, everywhere, everywhere out there. I uh, My cell phone number, if people want to call me directly, I do answer my phone, 702-308-2878. Um, or email me directly, TrishWilliams at kw.com.
1: That is awesome. People will reach out to you. This has been... So much fun! The, I'm going to send this one over to Pat too. Uh, he, he'll he'll love this. We just did our thousandth show where we got to take some of the clips of a bunch of our shows and share it with him. From people. I listened. Yeah, so the it, it would be, this would have been a great clip to add. I'll, I'll send it over to him. Probably I'll send it over to him today before it goes live because it'll be a fun thing to share. So Trish, the from all of my listeners, I just want to say thank you. I think this was a great interview. I think there's going to be a lot of good value out there. So thanks thank for coming you. The show. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Glad to have you hosting the show. So um, you've been doing a great job with this and and it's always good being here. So thanks a lot.
1: I appreciate it. Big shoes to fill. Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the right rankings. Right now we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about. We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on instagram if you come find me on instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchasteggi.com for my personal instagram page where i can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon